Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Balanced Black Girl Podcast. My name is Les. I'm your host. I appreciate you tuning in. This show is all about conversations that help us feel healthy, happy, thriving, and I'm so glad that you joined us today. So something that we talk about a lot on this show is creating your own path, blazing your own trail, and sometimes that can be really tricky when you are a first, when you're the first to do something, when you are the blueprint, when you're creating something new. So I'm really excited to expand on this more with our amazing guest today, Miss Brooke DeVard, the founder and host of the Naked Beauty Podcast. Welcome, Brooke. I'm so happy to have you. Thank you so much, Les. I'm so happy to be here. Such a great subject matter to tackle. And I'm just happy to be on another podcast. I rarely do podcasts, even though I'm always interviewing people. To be a guest is a totally different experience. So I'm excited. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to have you. So thank you for saying yes and for joining me. Of course. And I love your podcast. You're doing such great work. Oh my gosh. Thank you. I appreciate that. I mean, I love yours, especially we were chatting before we started recording. For those of us who have been like podcasting for a while. Yes. It just, you evolve, you evolve with your show. (laughs) Yes. I mean, Naked Beauty has been such a labor of love and you only do podcasting because you love it. Like you do not get into podcasting for money, (laughs) certainly not money. Right. You have to do it because it's something that you truly love. You feel like you're creating something that people can't find anywhere else. Mm -hmm. And that's what motivates you to keep going and going and going week after week after week. Exactly. I could not have said it better. You have to love sitting down and recording the conversations and the nitty gritty of it. Yes, definitely. So before we jump in, I would love to just hear more about how you're doing. You have been an LA girly for a little while now, and we kind of switched places because I just moved to New York. You moved to LA a little, has it been almost a year? How long has it's it been? It's been exactly a year. It's been exactly a year. But you're from Seattle originally, I right? I am from Seattle. So you're like a West Coast. Yeah. So we have kind yeah. of switched places. Yes. Yes. How is how has your first year in LA been? Oh, I love LA. I love LA because of the nature. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that I can just walk and go to a hike at the end of the day to clear yes. my head is everything to me. I don't love that I have to drive. I still don't have my driver's license, which is like criminal that I don't have it yet. <laughs> LA is kind of like its own ecosystem. It's like its own set of rules around how you show up and mm-hmm. what it means to do lunch. Like it was so funny. Someone at a brand like asked me to go to a lunch and I said, oh, can we do it as like a Zoom meeting? And someone had to like message me on the side like that's deeply offensive. Like if someone asks you to lunch, like you do not change it to a Zoom meeting. I was like, oh, I thought I was making it like easier for everyone. Like this whole idea of like doing business over mm-hmm. lunch and like, oh yeah, let's go to Malibu house in the middle of the day and do yes. like a two hour lunch meeting and like that's work. Yes. Like, I feel like in New York, people are like, maybe we'll do like a 30 minute coffee. Maybe, maybe. But right. like everyone is very much like time sensitive. Mm-hmm. The daytime is spent for like a grinding it out in the office and LA is much more events. People yes. are just like, oh, we could walk, we could talk, we could mm-hmm. do like a four hour meeting. And then the thing about dress codes in LA that I find so funny. So I just went to the Renaissance <laughs> premiere. Which looked amazing. It was amazing. But let me just tell you, Les, the dress code (laughs) said cozy opulence. Now, the only film premieres that I've gone to, I've gone to Sundance like, I don't know, seven, eight times. I love Sundance. And then I've gone to the Telluride Film Festival. Most film premieres I go to, people aren't wearing 
super fancy outfits. I'm sure, have you been to film premieres here in LA? I have not. Okay. I was not prepared. Yeah. I was not ready for the Met Gala of it all. Oh my God. Because yes. people were in <laughs> gowns, like designer looks were pulled, like oh my glam God. squads were called in. And I found that LA events, it's mm-hmm. like you need to like pull together a whole team to just show up to go to something. Yeah. Just so different from New York. Yeah. I could totally see that for sure. But as a beauty girl, I love it. Not necessarily participating in it, but I love observing it and like just seeing the looks mm-hmm. and the thought and the dedication and all the people that come together to create a look. Like it is a team effort. Definitely. Definitely. I could see that. Yeah. Even what you were saying about time and how people kind of spend time differently. I've had people ask me how wellness in New York is different from wellness in LA. And I was like, in New York, you go to your workout class and you go like it's a part of your day and then you're on to the next thing versus yeah. in LA, it's all day. You're like yeah. in your wellnessy things, just luxuriating throughout oh. the day. You're in your aloe set from, yes. from the morning to your Erewhon run to right. your Pilates class. To, right. Because, yeah, you basically get dressed to participate in wellness. Exactly. Yeah. It's not like a stop on on your to do list. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So what pacing do you prefer? You know, I'm enjoying the pace of New York because I think I needed like a little bit of a fire lit under me. I don't think I could do it for forever, but I'm enjoying (laughs) being pushed a little more because I think I was like luxuriating a little too much. You know, the luxuriating thing is interesting because I still feel like a little bit perplexed about when people work here. Like, I'm like, (laughs) great question. (laughs) When is the work being done? Um, But you know what it is? I think it just work looks different here. It does. Work looks different. And I'm probably like in my old East Coast mentality of like Mm -hmm. grinding it out on my laptop. And I want to step more into the L.A. wellness relaxed attitude towards working. Definitely. I mean, you're in the right place. And I see it. You, you've had you've had your Erewhon, which is a canon event. Um, first of all, <laughs> let me tell you, I was prepared to hate Erewhon. Mm-hmm. I was really prepared to like roll my eyes and just be like, oh, so overhyped. From the first sip of the Haley Bieber smoothie, exactly. I was like, this is great. The Haley smoothie is what gets you. It's And then the hot bar. Mm-hmm. I love the hot bar for like dinner. Yep. Erewhon's great. I'm a yes, member now. It I'm is. embarrassed, ashamed to say they've got me. Listen, when I flew in the other day, after I checked into my hotel, first thing I did, I went to Erewhon. I was like, oh, perfect dinner know, off the plane. No. And so now I've, I've like the, the team that I work with, I'm like, I really want to do an Erewhon collaboration because I oh, haven't yeah. seen them do one with a black woman. Yeah. So I'm like, what is a naked beauty? Maybe not a smoothie. Smoothie, it's like we've done a lot of smoothies at this point, but they have a whole wellness section and body products. And yes. So I'm like, I wanted, I want to work with Erewhon. Like, not oh only do God. I love it, I want to partner with them. That would be amazing. Yeah, Even right? if it's like a co-branded product or something. Something. That would be great. I know. And anyone listening from Erewhon, tap me in. And I feel like that's such a good fit because you also have done some really fun DIY beauty content of when you exactly. make your oils and your butters. And I yes. feel like that makes perfect sense. Right. Like a little DIY beauty kit. Yeah. Fragrance, make, make your own body scrub. I have so many ideas. I love that. We're going to put it out into the universe. Yes, absolutely. Call Brooke. Exactly. (laughs) Thank you. Yes. Is there any better feeling than having a clean space? I love a good Sunday reset and Branch Basics has been my go-to for keeping my home clean for years because they have non-toxic cleaning products that actually work. Branch Basics is hypoallergenic, free of fragrance, hormone disruptors, and harmful preservatives. Their premium starter kit will provide you with everything you need to replace all your toxic cleaning products in your home. I cannot walk down the cleaning product aisle at the store without tearing up and having an allergic reaction. Conventional harsh cleaning products are just a no-go for me. So I got the Branch Basics starter kit almost five years ago, and it has helped me keep my home clean without harsh, harmful chemicals. Since I have the kit, I just repurchase the concentrate and the oxygen boost, and I am able to have an all-purpose cleaner, bathroom cleaner, glass cleaner, and laundry boost with far less waste than repurchasing entire bottles of cleaning supplies. So if you or anyone in your home has eczema, allergies, or asthma, definitely consider making the switch to Branch Basics. Save 15% on your starter kit or their new hand soap when you use the code BALANCEBLACKGIRL, all one word, at branchbasics.com. Again, that is code BALANCEBLACKGIRL for 15% off when you purchase a starter kit or their new hand soap. Use the code BALANCEBLACKGIRL, all one word, at branchbasics.com. 
This episode is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. If finding love is one of your New Year's resolutions, it's time to start connecting with people who really get you. Finding someone who gets you can feel so hard. Trust me, I know. I have been on so many dates with people who I feel like, are we on the same planet? (laughs) Are we on the same date, actually? Have you ever had that happen where you go on a date and it's literally the worst date of your life and then the person wants to go out with you again and it's like, were we on the same date? I don't think we were because why would you want to do that again? (laughs) However, Having it be a little bit hard finding someone who gets you doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing. That means that you are unique, but you also deserve someone just as special. So no more spending time on dates with people you have no connection with. What if it felt like your dates were actually interested in you and if they actually understood you? eHarmony wants you to find someone who gets you, someone who you can truly be yourself with. The good thing about eHarmony is everyone there takes a quiz that helps bring out their personality on the app. So when you match, you're already one step ahead in getting to know one another. You're not just swiping through random profiles. Join eHarmony to find someone you can be yourself with. eHarmony, get who gets you. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So a few months ago, I also came to L.A. to go to Sip and Slay, L.A., which was a beautiful event. And for me, one of the highlights of that event was the panel that you moderated. Thank you very much. Around Black women being the blueprint. And that was also a live episode of your podcast. We'll make sure we link it in the show notes so that folks can listen to that episode because it was a really great conversation. So can you tell us a little bit more about what sparked you wanting to moderate that conversation and why it's important to acknowledge Black women being the blueprint in so many areas? Yes. Well, First, shout out to Nana, who is the creator of Every Stylish Girl and Sip and Slay. I think about so many talented Black women I know that have created environments and rooms and conferences and events to celebrate us, right? Like that whole idea of if you don't have a seat at the table, you build your own table. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Nana's just done an incredible job with Sip and Slay. And it's so powerful to be able to see Black women in entertainment, in media, creators, entrepreneurs, but also like executives and founders all in one space to talk about the issues that directly impact us. Mm -hmm. And as I thought about what directly impacts us, I think that a lot of Black women whether you work in a corporate setting or whether you're a creator or whether you're a founder, you are often originating ideas, but not getting the credit for originating those ideas. It's as simple as saying something in a meeting and then a white guy says the same thing, maybe like an octave lower, you know, in a deeper (laughs) tone. And then people are like, oh, great idea. And you're Mm -hmm. like, 
did I not like did I literally not just say that exact same thing? Exactly. Or the way we all had to see brownie glazed lips, Haley Bieber's brownie glazed lips lauded as this like brown lip liner and lip gloss as a trend when Haley Bieber did it. And I was like, I do not know a black or brown woman, right? Because this is also very popular in like Hispanic communities that has not had to use brown lip liner and lip gloss to make their own lip look. Like we've been doing that for decades. Yes. And I think sometimes people don't realize how triggering it is to see those things celebrated Mm -hmm. when we've been doing it for so long. Like there's like kind of like this gap in understanding, like, well, why does it, why is it so offensive? It's just like a silly little beauty trend. And it's like, no, because for decades we have been originating creative concepts around beauty, around hair, around the way we dress. And then it gets co-opted by mainstream. And then they get to monetize off of it. And then they get the coverage off of it. So I wanted to approach the conversation from that lens, but I also wanted to approach the conversation from how do we, I spoke with Darian, who's an incredible journalist and Cammie Crawford, Mm -hmm. who's a podcaster and, you know, she's on Catfish and media personality. And we really spent a lot of time about talking to each other about what do we want people to take away from this conversation? And we were like, we want everyone listening to feel hope Mm -hmm. and not to feel, I guess we don't want people to feel like just because you will be copied and you will as Mm -hmm. a creative and an influencer, we're going to influence. But how do you not let that stop you from putting yourself out there to stop you from like getting up, trying it? Yeah, you're not going to get the same credit that someone else may get, but you still have to keep going. So how can we talk about examples in our own lives where we've pushed through that and how we've advocated for ourselves, how we've talked to brands about this issue so that we can motivate and inspire the audience to feel like, okay, I've gone through this shit too, right. but I can push through. Yes. It was such a validating conversation because sometimes we can be like, am I tripping? Am I, right. you know, it, is anybody else seeing this? Am I making this up? Am right. I being too sensitive? And it's like, no, we're not. If we feel it, something is happening. Yes. Definitely. Yes. yes. That, that there's a level of like gaslighting, right? Yes. Where I think also oftentimes black women are made to feel that they're overreacting yeah. or being too sensitive right. to things. I can remember when I was working at Viacom, I was working on a project and I had a boss who was a white man. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said something to me around the lines of like, you know, you're giving really good feedback, but the way that you deliver it could just be like a little softer and a little nicer, mm-hmm. which... I'm very open to feedback. I'm, I, you know, working in tech for the past, whatever, five years, like we say feedback is a gift, but sometimes feedback is coded with racism right. and misogyny. Mm-hmm. And that particular granule of feedback mm-hmm. that I should be delivering criticism in a way that is nicer, yeah. <laughs> softer, yeah. was personally very triggering to me because Absolutely. I was giving feedback in a way that was direct and to the point, mm-hmm. not in any way mean. I don't think I, I really don't think I have like a mean bone in my body. So, but the fact that m- me giving direct feedback to other team members yep. came back to my boss as like, oh, well, I don't know what they said, but I could imagine something like, well, when, when Brooke said this, I don't know, my feelings were hurt or something. Now, if I was the boss, I would say, why were you, why is that your reaction? Rather right. than going to the person that delivered mm-hmm. the feedback and saying, oh, make it nicer, make it softer, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But I took that and I just recognized we have a double standard. We yeah. have to, I have to sugarcoat and soften mm-hmm. and do, what do they call it? A compliment sandwich. You say one good mm-hmm. thing, then you deliver the hard criticism, then you follow up with another compliment yep. so that it can be digested. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes when we get feedback like that, it almost feels like we can't win either way because if we give the feedback, then we're being too direct or too harsh. But if we're being more quiet, then we're standoffish and we're not a team player. And so it's like, no matter what approach you take, yes. sometimes people see what they want to see. There was a great article after the pandemic. I don't know if it was in maybe Refinery29 Unbothered wrote about this, but it, the study originated from somewhere where they were saying that black women who worked in corporate settings were actually thriving during the pandemic because yeah. they didn't have to go to the office Yes, because they talked about the mental energy and toll it took to be in the office every single day and yes. handle microaggression after microaggression. Mm-hmm. So they were like, black women are thriving <laughs> working from home because they're able to protect their sanity from these small little microaggressions over time. Yeah, that's so real. I talked to so many of my friends who felt that way during the pandemic, for sure. Yeah. Now I am one, I will say, 
I, before I had a child, <laughs> I, I'm an office lover. Like I am, I was the person that was like the last to leave the mm -hmm. office, the first one in. I'm there for the free like <laughs> food, the drinks. I'm talking to everyone at their desk. Like mm -hmm. I personally love being in an office. And I think I was lucky working at Instagram. It was such a great corporate environment. Like mm -hmm. I really enjoyed going to the office. But I understand for a lot of black women, going to the office is just like a series of microaggressions every single day. Questions about your hair, like right. the questions about oh, the hair. Now, I feel like, right. I how do you feel about it when when someone well-meaning is like, oh, did you change your hair? What's this? Or I think sometimes it just depends on the, the person and mm -hmm. how they, they ask it. But when people want to like touch it or pass judgment, because I've definitely had that happen. So I've never had someone touch my hair uninvited. What is that it's like? So like lucky that you have not had that experience. It's weird. You feel like a dog, like they're trying to pet you or something. That's wild. It's it's really unsettling. And it's also like my hair is an extension of my body. You wouldn't just come touch, you know, another right. part of my body. Why is my hair any different? Yeah. It happened to you in a work setting mm -hmm. when you were working in finance? It's happened. Yeah, it's happened at work. It's happened just in social settings, especially when my hair is like curly it, all the time. People can't help themselves. <laughs> they can. They just choose not to, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's wild. Yeah. Some, and sometimes I think it is well, like well-meaning and like curiosity. So if you have a pixie cut one day and then the next day you come in with like blonde locks to your butt, <laughs> like fine, sure. Like maybe a coworker is going to be like, whoa, like new hair. Right. Yeah. Like I don't think I don't see that. Sometimes I feel like it's like coming mm -hmm. from a place of innocence. Yeah. But I can also understand for some people why it's just like, I don't want to like explain my hair. Right. Every day, like every time I change it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's like that discernment, knowing the difference, having some canned responses for people of just like, yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like before you go into the office with the new hairstyle, just like mentally preparing Have yourself. Your disclaimer. Like, they're going to ask, <laughs> just decide what you want to say and just keep it moving. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Most of you probably know how much I love Notion, the sponsor of today's episode. I use it every single day for managing this podcast, creating content, writing notes, and managing projects. And now it has the power of AI built right inside and works across your entire workspace. It's been a total game changer for my productivity. I just used it the other day to instantly find a note I wrote to myself six months ago that would have taken me forever to find. Notion combines your notes, docs, and projects into one space that's simple and beautifully designed. What I love about Notion is that it can be fully customizable to work for you, and the fully integrated Notion AI helps you work faster, write better, and think bigger, doing tasks that normally take you hours in just seconds. You can save time and create faster by letting Notion AI help you with your first draft, kick off a brainstorm, or turn your messy notes into something polished. You can even automate tedious tasks like summarizing notes to free you up for deep work. Try Notion for free when you go to notion.com balanced. That's all lowercase letters, notion.com balanced to try the powerful, easy to use Notion AI today. And when you use our link, you're supporting our show. So it's a win-win, notion.com balanced. Baddies, even though it's the middle of winter, we still need to do our best to stay hydrated and just plain water isn't cutting it. We need electrolytes and having deficiency can cause headaches, cramps, fatigue, and brain fog. But so many electrolyte and sports drinks out there are basically sugar water. That's why Element is my go-to for optimal hydration. Element is a zero sugar electrolyte mix with a research-backed dose of electrolytes free of sugar, artificial colors, and other sketchy ingredients. Element is formulated for anyone on a mission to restore health through hydration and has been a daily staple of mine for years. As much as I love putting a packet of fruity element like the citrus or watermelon salt in my big water cup, the real hack for winter is their chocolate salts, which can be enjoyed hot. Element has a new chocolate medley featuring chocolate mint, chocolate chai, and chocolate raspberry that are all so good. I love having them with hot water and a splash of almond milk to make my own hydrating hot chocolate or adding them to my morning coffee for a boost of electrolytes to balance out the caffeine. 
To give Element a try, go to drinkelement.com slash balanced less. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T dot com slash balanced less to receive a free Element sample pack with any order when you use my link. Element has amazing customer service and is risk-free. So if you don't like it, they'll give you your money back. No questions asked. That's Drink Element. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. .com slash balanced less. So I'd love to talk a little bit more, speaking of being the blueprint, just about how you have navigated situations where maybe people copied you or Mm -hmm. you took credit for your ideas, whether that was in a corporate setting because you were a corporate girly for a while, whether that's as a creator, how have you navigated those scenarios? So I have learned to be flattered by it Mm -hmm. when I see it happening in like a creator sense. Yeah. Very few ideas are truly, truly original. Sometimes it's blatant when someone takes something that you've done. I mean, has it happened to you? Yeah. Yeah. And how does it make you feel? It does. I think in some ways flattered as well, because I'm like, oh, I'm I'm doing something that people find value (laughs) in. And then sometimes it's like, wait, I worked really hard to come up with that idea Mm -hmm. and it not discredits it, but I'm like, ah, like I really put in the work to go through the creative process to get here, to have someone else just swipe it. It can be like, man, that sucks. But if you're being honest, does it ever really hit the way yours did? It doesn't. It never does. No, because people can't deliver things the same way. Yeah. That's the thing that like gives me comfort. Like, okay, Mm -hmm. you stole the recipe, but it's not going to taste the same. Like you can try. And I also think that comes with the territory of influencing, Mm -hmm. like if you were going to influence people, that's going to extend to the way that you put out your creative product. So I've learned to be less, I guess, emotionally impacted by Mm -hmm. that. And then in a corporate setting, oh, it certainly has happened several, several times in a corporate setting. I think it's happened to all of us. And that is hard too. I think it's really important to have your direct manager in your corner. Mm -hmm. I have, you know, I, I shared the experience I had at, at, at another company where I didn't have a manager in my corner. The best experiences I've had at all of the companies I've worked for, it has been when I've had a really strong relationship with my managers where even we can say, okay, we know you had this idea three months ago and yep. so-and-so is parading it around as their idea and yep. they're socializing it. But like, as long as I know that my direct manager, who's essentially responsible for my career, mm-hmm. knows where it originated and like we both see what it is. Exactly. Then I can like breathe a little easier. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Especially in a corporate setting, having those receipts is also so helpful. Like if your ideas are in writing, if they're on emails mm-hmm. that people are copied to where you can just pull up like... Full documentation. Yes, yes. And also 
you know, I've, I've, you can also verbalize when you see your idea repackaged, mm-hmm. you can say, oh, I see you've taken the idea that I presented last month and, yep. and added to it a little bit. I'd mm-hmm. love to jump back in and help to build it up further. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that there's also sometimes taking comfort in the fact that you can speak up for yourself. Like yes. you don't have to just quietly sit back and accept it as, oh, now it's gone. It's lost. It's not mine anymore. Someone else is socializing it. You can still speak up and say, yeah. oh, hey, I, I see my I see my idea. You've changed mm-hmm. a few things, but I'd love to work with you on this or how mm-hmm. can I jump in? I love that. That's a really yeah. good reframe and, yeah. and way to kind of get back get back into the conversation. Yes. And, and you always the have the option of speaking up. Absolutely. Yeah. Another aspect of being the blueprint, this is something that I've thought about a lot, especially as a creator. And for those of us who have been creating for a long time is navigating when you're the blueprint and you're like the first to do something or you're doing something that you haven't seen be done before. Like, I almost think in some ways being a creator who's starting out now has its own challenges, but there are a lot of blueprints and a lot of kind of trajectories, paths that people can follow where they now see proof of concept versus 10 years ago, we didn't really have that. And we were creating as we went. What have your experiences been like creating something that you didn't see exist yet? Yeah, I mean, I think you have to have your your heroes and you have to know your history. So I think about when I first started Naked Beauty in 2016, mm-hmm. I listened to a lot of Mark Marin. I love Mark Marin, mm-hmm. And he would just interview people in his garage mm-hmm. and whether, and you know, the episodes were like two hours long. Joe Rogan was very similar, really long interviews. What I noticed listening to Joe Rogan and listening to Mark Marin back back in those days, we had cereal Serial was the other podcast that that was like one of the early podcasts that people got really attached to. I knew that I was not ever going to be able to produce a serial level podcast with Mm -hmm. investigative journalism. And that's like NPR and the whole team. And that takes a lot of resources. Mm -hmm. But I would listen to these guys. Bill Burr was another one. The comedian Bill Burr had a podcast. He still has a podcast. He does it every single week, twice a week. They were just talking to their friends in a really relaxed environment. And what I noticed was I would like the interviews, whether Mark Maron was talking to, I don't know, like Charlie Theron or whether he was talking to like his childhood best friend who was like a drummer, I still listened. And that's when I realized it's really not about the caliber of the guest or yeah. having some fancy setup. It's having these deep conversations mm-hmm. and this feeling like I'm listening to two friends go deep with each other yeah. or just I'm, I'm listening to an intimate conversation unfold. And that's what kind of gave me the like understanding, like I can do this. Now, these are all white men I'm naming. I was not able to find this type of conversation amongst black women. Mm -hmm. This is back 2015. Mm -hmm. The Read launched in 2015. Mm -hmm. Gosh, when The Read came onto the scene, I was like, wow, this is amazing. What Kid Fury and Crystal were doing as friends, talking to each other just about funny topics. Mm-hmm. And they used to do interviews, which is funny. And like, I think people hated their interviews. People were like, <laughs> we just want to hear from you. Yeah. I was like, I don't have a funny best friend, but I know that I can set up a microphone mm-hmm. and do this. So sometimes you have to look for blueprints that look nothing like you, yeah. right? Yeah. I didn't necessarily have a young black woman to look up to that was doing podcasting. But I was able to find like my my podcast heroes mm-hmm. that looked really different from me and take that ethos and apply it to my own show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Being able to it's like taking the meat, and leaving the bones, taking what can apply to you, making it your own and creating something new out of it. Yes. Yes. And there's really there, there really is nothing new. So I do think it's really important for people starting out today, again, to find like the early, like the early examples of people Mm -hmm. who were doing what you want to do and look to them and see how they were able to navigate it. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. I know I get a ton of questions about podcasting all the time. I'm sure that you get a ton of questions about podcasting all the time about advice to start a podcast and how to grow a podcast. And what I always tell people is like, you just have to do it. You just have to start it. And it's probably going to be messy and your first couple episodes aren't going to sound amazing. And as you do it, you get better. I would love to hear what advice you have for for new podcasters or people who want to get started. Yes. You know, that advice of you just have to do it is absolutely true. But I've found as I talk to more and more people, there's a really strong mental barrier to mm-hmm. putting yourself out there. Mm-hmm. 
people are afraid to be criticized. And there is, I have found, almost a paranoia around, oh, I don't want people to say like negative things about me. Mm -hmm. That is like, I think actually beyond like figuring it out and getting your equipment and just starting, I actually think the biggest mental hurdle for people is how do I get comfortable putting myself out there and being open to criticism? And that's why courage and vulnerability are so closely linked. Mm -hmm. You cannot have courage without vulnerability. Before we started, you said that. I had a vulnerability hangover. You had a vulnerability hangover. (laughs) You know, you were like, oh my gosh, I said too much. Like, what if I get dragged? And I'm like, that's probably going to be one of your best episodes, right? Mm You, well, there's also that SZA audio that's so popular. What is it like? Your fear of looking stupid is holding oh, yeah. you back. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> I always laugh when I hear people like use that audio, but yeah. it's so true. Mm-hmm. There is this fear of like, oh, what if I'm cringe? What if I look bad? What if I, one, if people are criticizing you, that really is best case scenario because that means people are invested and they care. 99% of the time, they're just going to scroll past and go about their day and yeah. not pay attention. They're not like mm-hmm. picking apart every single word and every yep. single, you know, most people aren't paying attention. They're mm-hmm. too in their own head about their own lives to even think about criticizing you. Yeah. But I found that if you want to find success by putting your creative ideas out into the world, mm-hmm. you have to have the courage to be vulnerable. Yeah. And you have to have conviction in your ideas and you have to know what your values are. You have yeah. to have a really strong why and mm-hmm. that has to ground you yep and push you and propel you to share with the world. For sure. And and that's almost 10 times harder than showing up and recording every single week. Mm-hmm. It's it, the hard, hard, hard work is how do you mentally prepare yourself yeah. to be criticized? Mm-hmm. That's real. That's very real, especially if you have a platform or you create a platform as it grows, because in the beginning, I think being a brand new podcaster is actually so fun when nobody's listening and you can say and do whatever you want. Yeah, emphasis on nobody listening. Nope. Like I, Nobody's listening at first. <laughs> I, I, I can remember my first year when I got like 200 listens. But you know what? I'm so happy we're talking about this because mm-hmm. Sip and Slay, which was mm-hmm. a huge room. How many people do you think were in oh, that room? 400, 500. 400. I mean, a think lot. Think about 400 people listening to your podcast. Yeah. Those are, that is that's incredible. If mm-hmm. 400 people watch your reel, like yep. that is a lot of people yeah. that are paying attention to you. And then if you think about a podcast being an hour long, mm-hmm. if 100 people are listening to you for an hour, I think that's like a huge deal. It Don't is. You? It is. And it's very intimate. I think that's the beautiful thing about podcasting is yes. like your voice is in someone's ear for an hour that's like a level of closeness that other mediums just don't have. Absolutely. And I think, yeah, when you when you look at numbers on a screen, it's like, oh, I don't have that many listeners. But it's like if, if those if you physically saw that many people listening mm-hmm. to you and you were on stage, you would be like, oh, my gosh, this is like a big audience. So, exactly. yeah, like this, like no one listening is very real. But <laughs> also when you think about it, even 40 listeners mm-hmm. is a lot of listeners yeah. to listen to your episode from beginning to end. That's a big deal. That's a full classroom of people. Re- like, like, honestly. Yeah. yeah. So it's like thinking about that, like thinking about like, how do you get your first a thousand listeners? Mm-hmm. That was always my thing. Like, mm-hmm. how do I get to consistently having a thousand people mm-hmm. tune in and, and, and kind of like marching towards that, but like being grateful at every milestone, like, okay, a yeah. hundred people listen this week. That's a Absolutely. big deal. 200, no, 300, no, four, you know? Yeah. So. 100%. Yeah. And also that qualitative feedback, because it's, it's very tempting to focus on the quantitative and the numbers. If you have a thousand people listen, that's fine. But it also kind of feels like a number on a screen versus if I get five DMs of people saying how much they loved an episode or how much it helped them, that to me means so much more than seeing big oh numbers gosh. on a screen. Oh my gosh, yes. Like when people say like, oh, I, you know, I put on Naked Beauty as I'm like cooking or as mm-hmm. I go on my walk or I'm like, okay, I'm part of people's day. I'm part yes. of their week. I'm part of their routine. Yeah. Or when I'm able to, through my guests, introduce them to someone that they would have never otherwise heard about. Because I think the other thing that you and I have in common in the way, well, you share a lot of great wellness tips. You're, you are an expert yourself. <laughs> I am not an expert. I am... I'm facilitating people sharing their story. Mm-hmm. So I'm very clear about the fact that Naked Beauty is not about me as like Brooke DeVard being this like fabulous person. It's really about my guests mm-hmm. and introducing my audience to women and men 
that I find inspiring. Yes. And so if I can introduce you to someone that you would have otherwise never heard about mm-hmm. or get a new perspective, even, even when I interviewed Pharrell and when I interviewed John Legend, I didn't want to interview them. I mean, obviously they're big celebrities and that's great. But mm-hmm. like, I was like, I really want to have a conversation with men about beauty yeah, because we don't hear from men right. about skincare mm-hmm. and self-worth and how they think about beauty. And so if I can either introduce you to someone that you would have otherwise never heard about or take someone that you know in the public eye, but talk to them in a way that you don't often get to hear from Mm -hmm. them, then I'm like really excited for that opportunity. Oh yeah, that's so fun and it's rewarding. Yes. As someone who doesn't drink a lot, I can confirm that sometimes the hardest part of not drinking when you're around people who do drink or when you are a party or at a bar is when you literally just don't have something in your hand. And oftentimes, if you're holding something, whether it's alcohol or not, other people don't even notice. And you can avoid that awkward question of, why aren't you drinking? However, if you are doing a dry January, or if you are avoiding alcohol at the moment, I have a great option for you. Heineken 0.0 is an alcohol-free option to the original Heineken you love. It has 100% taste, but 0% alcohol. That means it's perfect for all the times when you might like a beer, but you're not actually partaking in the alcohol. So whether you are having happy hour with friends or you are at a party or you are watching the big game, you can enjoy Heineken at 0.0 as a great alcohol-free beverage option. Heineken 0.0 has 100% taste, 0.0% alcohol, and only 69 calories per can. So if you want to check out Heineken 0.0, click the link in the show notes to purchase, but you must be 21 and up. Please enjoy Heineken responsibly. Sometimes following our gut doesn't always lead us in the right direction. Like if your gut is telling you to call your ex maybe don't do that. And while a probiotic can't help with your gut decisions, if your gut needs a little support, Ritual Symbiotic Plus is the way to go. Ritual Symbiotic Plus is a three-in-one supplement with clinically studied prebiotics, probiotics, and a postbiotic to support a balanced gut microbiome. I have tried so many probiotics and Ritual Symbiotic Plus has been my favorite and has replaced them all. When I take it, I notice relief with gas, bloating, and digestion within days. And I love that you only need to take one a day and that it doesn't need to be refrigerated so it's easy to travel and be consistent with. Ritual Symbiotic Plus has two of the world's most clinically studied probiotic strains to support your gut and is designed to survive the GI tract so you actually get the benefits. If your gut needs a little support, Ritual Symbiotic Plus is the way to go. There's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 40% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash balanced. And this offer is only available through January 31st, so you're going to want to get on it. Start Ritual or add Symbiotic Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash balanced for 40% off. I think my favorite thing, whenever I hear this in a podcast, if I'm interviewing somebody, if they say, I don't usually say this or like, I've never shared this. I'm always like, that's so exciting as a host. When you get those moments, it's like, yes, "Yes, they're comfortable. We're sharing. (laughs) Yes. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And then when people tell their friends about Mm -hmm. your podcast too, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's also another signifier because, you know, people say, oh, what podcast do you like? What podcast do you listen to? And it's like, if you put someone else on, that means like it's really doing something for you. It's additive to your life. And podcasts are free. I also love that. Mm -hmm. You know, we live, do you do Patreon? I don't No, It's all, all free. Yeah. We live in a very Patreon, Substack, paywall. Like Mm -hmm. I love the fact that anyone can listen to a podcast yep. now that people have yep. learned how to get to the podcast because I'm yep. sure you remember in the early days you'd have to be like open your app yep. go to thing type in and some people are still learning some and, people are still and learning. that's okay yes yes <laughs> some people are still learning that's so true we're here whenever they whenever right, they exactly. find us and the catalog is there too right that's the other <laughs> mm-hmm. thing when you look at your analytics and you see people start with one episode mm-hmm. and then they go back and they'll listen to like 
all of your past episodes. I love that too. It's fun to have like a living, breathing archive. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. A little time capsule. It is. Yeah. And it's also like, I might cringe a little bit at something I put out in 2018, but that's good. (laughs) Yeah. No, I've never, I I don't think I've, I don't think I could go back and listen to my old episodes. Do you go back and listen to yours? No, but people tell me they do. And I'm like, all right, yeah. well, just know it gets better. That's what I tell people. If they're it like, I started better. from the beginning. I'm like, hang in there. <laughs> but also, I do find that like I have listened to my very first episode and I'm like, the the bones of what I was trying mm-hmm. to do are still there. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So this year you also embarked on something really exciting, which is diving into naked beauty full time. I know. Can we talk about that? Yes. I mean, it's so interesting because I remember I was still at Viacom at the time mm-hmm. and I asked my friend Rachel Omandi, who's a podcaster now as well. She's a great podcast called The Cutting Room Floor. She was mm-hmm. a designer. And I think she used to have like jobs, like the traditional job where yeah. you get a salary. Mm-hmm. And I asked her, this was in 2018. I said, at what point do you know it's like, because I was like, I'm doing Naked Beauty and I really love it. And I said, at what point do you know it's like time to like work for yourself? Yeah. And I was kind of like expecting like, I don't know, like a dollar amount. Like some people say like, oh, mm-hmm. when you can match your own salary with like brand deals mm-hmm. or when you've saved up this much or like, yeah. I was like, I, w- I really wanted a concrete answer because I was struggling with it at the time. And mm-hmm. she was like, you will know when you're ready. Like you will just know. Yeah. And I don't think I knew for like another like two, three years, like when I decided to leave Viacom and go work at Instagram, I was really excited to work platform side because I was like, I've worked in fashion, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've, I've done Vogue, I've worked at Ralph Lauren, I've like, I understand that world. Mm-hmm. I've, I now understand entertainment, but I was like, I really want to understand platform side and work on the product side. Yeah. And IGTV was just launching. Mm-hmm. So I was very excited to be part of this new video platform. And I was very excited to work on the creator side mm-hmm. of social media. Like, how do we build products for creators? So this was like, stories, reels, and IGTV. IGTV, Mm -hmm. rest in peace. But it was, it was very exciting and I felt very charged and energized by being able to do that work. Mm -hmm. And it was really having a child Mm -hmm. where it was like, like Rachel's words like came back to me and she was like, oh, you'll know when it's time. Yeah. Where I was like, I want to use my time differently. Mm -hmm. And like this meeting that I used to really care about my heart's not in it the same way it was before. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it has to do with, a lot of people use like monetary markers. I was already matching my salary with like brand deals and stuff, which is is great. Yeah. But I think you, you reach a point where you're like, I really don't want another corporate job. Yeah. You know, absolutely. Like I don't want to use my time Mm -hmm. and talent and experience Mm -hmm. to build some other person's company. Right. I want to do this for myself. Yeah. And this summer, actually, I had a really interesting offer for a great beauty company, Mm -hmm. a really senior position. I, you know, I was told I'll have a team and I'll do that. And I was so tempted. And I was like, I, 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 I've just decided that. I really want to focus on building naked beauty. Yeah. Like I really just want to do this. Mm-hmm. And and now I consult with the company. Amazing. Which is cool, yeah. you know? Yeah. So you get to do it on your terms. On, on your terms. Yeah. On your terms. So it's like, I really think you did. It's like something that you like just feel in your bones, mm-hmm. which is like when I got that advice from her, I was mm-hmm. like, this is literally so unhelpful. Like, yeah. what does that mean? I'll right. just know. But it feels really good, but it's also yeah. very hard. It's very hard. Definitely. It's well, very hard. I appreciate how real you are about that because you've also shared, you have your new series on social, which is like behind the brand. So showing us how you're building it and yes. how that's happening in real time. And I think that transparency isn't something that we often see. Yeah. I mean, I think that there are so many things throughout the past six months to a year mm-hmm. that I wished that I had seen people share or talk about. Like, yeah what does it mean to build a brand identity? Yeah. I just did a podcast like interviewing the design agency I worked with about A to Z. Mm-hmm. Once you take on a new client, yep. how do you get from like the core values of the brand to like what the fonts are and yep. what the colors are and yeah. what the logo is? And I learned so much from the process mm-hmm. of doing the brand identity for Naked Beauty or the rebrand, I should say, mm-hmm. that I wanted to share with other people. So I was like, let me just, I've, I've done this really interesting exercise where I've, outlined for myself my 
mission statement for myself, Mm -hmm. my primary goal, my secondary goal, and my tertiary goal. Mm -hmm. And as I get a lot of inbound and a lot of noise, I'm able to say yes or no to things by always coming back to what my goals are. So Mm -hmm. my primary goal is to build inclusive beauty content that pushes the boundaries of what we think of as beauty content, right? So I'm interested in doing beauty storytelling through my podcast. Mm -hmm. I'm interested in doing more uh, global stories about beauty content. Yeah. My secondary goal is to develop products and experiences that support Mm self-care. So I just designed a cashmere robe that very much- gorgeous. Thank you so much. That very much fits into that. Mm -hmm. I just, you know, I'm working on a fragrance right now. I've been Mm -hmm. working on it for so many months, but it will finally come out in March. Mm -hmm. But I just got an offer to do a jewelry collaboration, which could be cool, right? Mm -hmm. A very cool jewelry brand. Mm -hmm. But does that support Mm self-care? Maybe not as much, Mm -hmm. right? And then my tertiary goal is- to share my process of reaching for goals one and two, yes. my primary and secondary yeah. with others so that they can learn from my experience. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so the Canva partnership that came to mm-hmm. me, I was like, am I going to do a partnership with Canva? One, I love, we love Canva, oh, right? As Canva for everything. <laughs> Canva for everything. Like, like Canva for everything. I was yes. like, talk about like an authentic partnership right. and something I use all the time. Yeah. But when the Canva partnership came in, I was like, okay, this is perfect, actually, because mm-hmm. I can use it to talk about how I use Canva to yep. pitch to brands, yep. to build my brand book, to do my templates for my podcast mm-hmm. and help people understand how I accomplish goals one and two. Yes. Right. So I think having that system of like, what's my primary, secondary and tertiary goal? Mm-hmm. That has been really, really helpful in grounding just a lot of noise and inbound and figuring out what I'm going to say yes to, what I'm going to say no to. Yes. It's been really helpful. That's such a great practice. And I think a really good takeaway for the listeners to try and implement themselves, whether they apply that to their jobs and where they want to take their careers, if they're in corporate to relationships, to friendships, like what is your foundation and is the decision that you're making in alignment with that? And if not, how can you adjust it? Yes. Or adjust it or say no. Mm -hmm. Or say no. Yep. Yeah. No is a powerful statement, full sentence. (laughs) Yes. And sometimes you may take on work that Mm -hmm. doesn't align with those three, but it may help you fund one of them. Yeah. Right. Definitely. Yeah. So maybe if you, if you take on something that may not fully align with your, your primary or secondary goal, but it's going to allow you to hire a virtual assistant, Mm -hmm. that's going to make your life that much easier then maybe it makes sense to say yes mm-hmm. because it's going to aid you in the other goals. But everything has to kind of make sense to you. Otherwise, you're going to be, it doesn't matter how much a brand pays you. Right. Because we've all had the experience. I'm sure you've had it. Mm-hmm. Where you say yes to a brand deal and halfway into it, the client's driving you crazy. And you're like, why did I ever even agree to this? Right. Why am I even doing this? How much are my nerves worth <laughs> more <laughs> right. than they're paying me? <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. So, and, mm-hmm. and also like, I've also had to learn to be very, very like, I, I now spend so much time making sure we're aligned on the creative brief yes. and like the way I'm going to execute it so before important. I accept it and before I accept the money. Like, can mm-hmm. I do this my way? Yep. Because these brands can be very sneaky. Yeah. They make it seem like it's really broad and like, oh, okay. and then like, they're like, product has to be in the first three seconds. Like, right. you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Right. You're not letting me story. You're not, you're not letting me do the thing you hired me to do. Right. I know what you're trying to do. I know what the ultimate goal is. I've been in marketing my whole career. Mm-hmm. Let me let me do what I do, you know? Exactly. And that's the whole point. That's why our communities are a part of our community because right. they like our voices. They like the way we do things. Right. They want to hear our authentic voice, not like another brand's talking points. Exactly. Exactly. I had, <laughs> I had a brand tell me that I did something as a green, this was last year, I did something as a green screen. Mm-hmm. And they were like, we just feel like the green screen like cheapens everything. I'm like, have you been on the internet? Right. Like, what? like green, like this is just like what we, I'm like, this is yeah. actually much more. And then, but I changed it mm-hmm. and like to exactly, because after like so much back and forth, sometimes right. you just are like, you know what? Have it your way. Y'all got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's just like wrap it up. Mm-hmm. And it was like one of my like lowest engaged pieces of content yeah. of all time yeah. because I wasn't allowed the freedom to do it in a way that I felt was the best creative vision. Yeah, that's real. And I think that's part of the beauty of creating your own products like you're doing is like you'll be able to make it how you want it and mm. see it through like 
from beginning to end. Yes, I will say though, it is very difficult. Yeah. And it's very difficult. And I also don't want to sit up here and act like, oh, I'm just making all my own products. Like I am doing collaborations for a reason mm-hmm. because to A to Z, like for my, even for my cashmere robe, I worked with a designer that already has an established cashmere company. She mm-hmm. already has the relationship with the Laura Piano, you know, cashmere mill yeah. in Mongolia. Mm-hmm. She's like, I'm on the phone with Mongolia right now. She knows how to order samples. She knows how to work with the factory. She knows how to sketch. She knows how to do proportions. Mm-hmm. She, she can guide me on sizing. If I were to take that on all on my own, it would be really difficult Yeah. for my fragrance. I'm working with, you know, a very established fragrance house for mm-hmm. their noses and they understand like way more than I, you know, if I, I don't want it to seem as like, oh yeah, I'm just doing all these products on my own. I'm doing them as collaborations because I'm like, I need to learn and be a student yeah. first before I can like move into my Ralph Lauren era of, <laughs> of, of, you know, making everything myself. But collaborations, I feel like are a great shortcut for creators to get a product mm-hmm. out into market. Definitely. And the thing that I'm learning is brands want community, like selling products aren't that special. Mm-hmm. Community is really special. Yes. Like if you have a community and people care about you, mm-hmm. you're almost in, in many ways like 10 steps ahead yep. of companies that just have product and no community. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And I would encourage creators that do have a community. It doesn't have to be a big community, but if you have an engaged community, like a, maybe not a huge brand, but approach even just like a small brand that you love and say mm-hmm. like, can we collab on like a limited edition product together? Mm-hmm. Can we do like a, I don't know, a co-branded water bottle or tissue box or yeah. socks together? You know, they would be thrilled because you're basically introducing mm-hmm. your audience to their product. Yeah. But then you get the exercise of being a designer and yeah. figuring out the marketing and yeah. the pricing strategy. And like you get to learn in the process. Oh, it sounds like an MBA level experience. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, it's it's really wonderful hands-on learning that mm-hmm. I'm, I've been really grateful to do these collaborations to learn yeah. the process. Definitely. Yes. Yeah. And I'm sure you've been able to take a lot of what you learned in the corporate world to apply to your own business as well, which I'm sure is so valuable. Oh, sure. Um, by the way, I feel like so many entrepreneurs like really look down on corporate, like in a way that I feel like is not helpful. Like, oh, like you like nine to five minions. Like when you are at a great company, even, sorry, I shouldn't even say great company. If you have a great team and a great Mm -hmm. boss, Mm -hmm. right? Because one of the best companies I ever worked for was Nokia, not because Nokia is like this fabulous company, (laughs) but it's because I had an incredible boss. Mm -hmm. I was on the marketing team in London and I was learning so much every single day. So as long as you're in a team and you have a manager that you're learning from a lot, you are getting paid to learn every single day. Yes. Like what is better than that? Truly. So valuable. Like I don't get paid to learn now. Yeah. (laughs) I've got to wake up and like get a lot of stuff done to generate income when you work in corporate yeah. and you're surrounded by smart people mm-hmm. and you have access to documents and access to decks yeah. and like look into them, read them, read the research reports, like mm-hmm. you are getting a salary to learn. Yeah. And that is something that is major. Even when I was an intern at Vogue, there would be interns that would complain every day. Mm. Why do we have to steam these clothes? I'm like, as you're steaming the clothes, look at the pleating, Mm -hmm. look at the the stitching, Right. learn how to tell like Margella from Gautier Mm -hmm. and take these like small mundane tasks as learning opportunities. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think when we learn those little things, that's how it makes us better at the big things, whether that's being an executive or being a business owner, you need to understand how the little things work in order to lead people to do those things. hundred percent. I think we've all worked for senior people that like don't know how to turn their computer on. Right. (laughs) And it's so frustrating. It's so frustrating. You're like, but it's like, because I think, I think millennials specifically have had to do all of the like small, like little work. Mm -hmm. So like you really know how things work like A to Z in a way that I feel like a generation before us, like kind of had like assistance and lots of padding. Mm -hmm. You didn't have to learn that. It only works to benefit you. And even speaking of podcasting, I executive produced a podcast for Viacom when I was there because I had just started Naked Beauty. Mm -hmm. And they were like, we want to have a a B2B podcast to reach people in the industry. And I was like, 
I'll I'll produce it. Mm-hmm. And they were like, really? Like, you know how to do that? Don't we have to hire a production company? I was like, well, yeah, we have to hire a production company. I brought on Pineapple Street Media, which is a fabulous production mm-hmm. company. But I said, but we have to know how to brief the production company, yep. how to work with them. Like, yep. I will be the person that brings all of this together and makes this show successful. And they were grateful for my enthusiasm about mm-hmm. it because they were about to pay an agency. I mean, probably like $200,000 just to oversee like a six episode mm-hmm. limited run. And they're like, okay, if we have someone here that wants to do it. Great. Yeah. So if you work at a company and they're not on TikTok, like if you work at a small, I don't know, insurance agency, mm-hmm. like, I'll, I'll, I'll manage our, I'll manage the TikTok. Absolutely. I'll kick off our email newsletter. Like yep. there's so many things that people don't want to do slash don't know how to do mm-hmm. that you can use that as learning on the company's dime. 100%. And even use it to segue like into other industries or other fields. That was how I made the segue from finance to marketing was I started taking on more communications projects and then communications projects turned into marketing projects, turned into social media management gigs. And then I qualified for marketing roles. And so it's like you can kind of create that experience for yourself where you are. Did you have a manager that supported you? I did, thankfully, yeah. have managers who were really supportive. That's yeah. like a big thing that I feel like as people talk about career tra- tra- career trajectory, mm-hmm. often doesn't get discussed. Mm-hmm. Have you had a manager that's been unsupportive? Oh, absolutely. And, <laughs> had and, both. <laughs> and how did you handle it? Honestly, I moved teams, found right. other jobs. Like <laughs> just, like, I was like, no. We're not doing this. <laughs> yeah. And you know, that's 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 a really hard one. As I mm-hmm. talk to people that feel stagnant in their careers, yeah. oftentimes it comes back to having an unsupportive manager mm-hmm. or a, a really junior manager mm-hmm. that doesn't know how to advocate for you because they yeah. barely know how to advocate for themselves. Yes. Right. It's like sometimes, and, and I learned this when I became more of like a team leader and had people under me. Sometimes what happens is you're asking for a raise. Mm-hmm. And your boss hasn't asked for a raise in three years. Right. You know? Yes. And so then they don't feel comfortable advocating for you to their manager because they've never even advocated for themselves. Exactly. You know, so it can be really tricky to overcome Mm -hmm. a poor manager or an inexperienced manager. I think you can manage up and you can manage around it, but sometimes you do have to simply leave Mm -hmm. or switch teams. Yep or just find mentors and champions that are not your direct manager to help you navigate those. Because it can be, that's like, I feel so grateful that I've had for the most part, Mm -hmm. for the most part, save like maybe two, three. Yeah, for the most part, really good managers. It makes all the difference. Yeah, Yeah. it really does. Yeah, and having those allies and mentors in other places, if you don't have them in management is key. Very important, yes. Definitely. So Brooke, what are you excited about next? It's like your brand is growing in all of these beautiful ways and you're like at home in a new city. I'm excited to relax. I, um, (laughs) I, I tend to push myself to like the, I get really excited about doing things. Yeah. And I, I could push myself too far yeah. and take on too many things. Mm-hmm. And that leaves you like frazzled, you know? Definitely. I like to enjoy myself. Mm-hmm. And I, I like to think I have a pretty calm temperament. So when I'm like forced out of that, it yeah. feels, it actually feels like so unnatural and like wrong to me. Like, why am I like, oof, mm-hmm. like this is, this, this doesn't even feel like me. Like, I don't even feel like myself. Yeah. But Beyonce, really in this latest film, what I loved seeing, because I, as a mother, I crave, like, it's so rare to find women being real and honest about the struggle of motherhood and career. Yeah. It's really hard yeah. to find mm-hmm. those narratives. I think it was Oprah who said, like, I knew I couldn't have kids. Like, mm-hmm. I knew it was either this or children. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that, like, level of clarity. Yeah. Beyonce uses the term suffocating. Like, she she mm-hmm. says, like, I, I she says, sometimes I feel like I'm suffocating mm-hmm. and I feel suffocated by the weight of all I have to do and all of my responsibility while being a mom. Wow. And she's like, your kids don't care what you do, which is so true. I mean, I'll be <laughs> podcasting and Mavi will like fling the door wide <laughs> open and like, let's make Play-Doh. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm literally trying to work right now. <laughs> I really want to show up for my husband, mm-hmm. for my child, yeah, 
for my friends. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh, I, the way I ha- the way I have not shown up for my friends this past year, it actually really hurts me mm-hmm. when I think about the fact that I can't have that hour long phone call sometimes yeah. because I'm wor- I wake up and I work 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 work. Then Mavi gets home from school, dinner time, bedtime, and then sadly, unfortunately, I usually have to continue working, editing a video, doing something else. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like tapped out. Like I don't have time for like the girlfriend drinks and the hangout and the movie night. Yeah. And so I've decided, you all are listening to this in the new year, but I've decided that December 18th, I'm shutting down work. Love it. I'm taking my driving lessons. Amazing. I'm ordering nightstands for our bedroom, which we've literally looked at 12,000 nightstands. I don't know why we can't find one yet. I'm measuring and hanging art in our in our home. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be going to the aquarium with Mavi. I have a whole list of all these activities and yeah. things that I want to do mm-hmm. between, you know, December 18th and the new year, because I'm like, that's truly what I'm looking forward to yeah. having down time. Definitely. I'm planning a Galentine's. Is that the right term? Galentine's Day? Mm-hmm. The Valentine's yeah. Day for like your girlfriends. Mm-hmm. I'm already like, OK, I'm going to do a Galentine's Day. Mm-hmm. Um, dinner just for my friends. None of this like branded. All these brands are like, can you plan a dinner? I'm like, do you want me to invite my real friends or people that have followers? Right. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I, I, I'm not. I don't want to do a branded dinner. It's like have my actual friends mm-hmm. over. I'm really looking forward to prioritizing rest and relaxation. Yes. It's like so important. And it's what makes us feel human and like mm-hmm. what restores us. So that is what I'm truly looking forward to. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much just for your honesty. And I also think it's important to talk about those things where it's like, listen, the to-do list is long. And like, I want to focus more on my relationships and my family and figuring out that juggle. So I appreciate it. Of course. Well, thank you so much for having me on. I Also, I mean, the title of your podcast, The Balanced Black, I mean- We're all we're all striving and struggling Listen. for balance. None Same. of us have it figured out. <laughs> no, we're all we're all working on it together. I mean, earlier when you said what you said about facilitating conversation, it was like that's how I feel about balance because right. I'm not balanced either. Like I'm right. facilitating conversations to figure it out just like everybody else. Absolutely. And you're doing such a wonderful job. So thank you for your platform. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for coming, sharing with us, for expanding more on just your amazing brand and what's happening. Please let our audience know where they can find you. Yes. Well, you can subscribe to Naked Beauty wherever you listen to podcasts, new episodes every single Monday. I have Naked Beauty Planet, which is the beauty community on Instagram. We do fun product reviews. Mm-hmm. But we do a lot. We do a lot. We, it's Honestly, I wanted to create a beauty community that could stand on its own, even if you don't listen to the podcast. Mm-hmm. Like if you love skincare, follow Naked Beauty Planet. And then my personal account, Brooke DeVard. I'm also on TikTok. So we've got Brooke DeVard on Instagram and TikTok. And I just share everything there. My family, my life. I'm watching Gilded Age now, doing lots of stories about that. It's just, it's, it's, there, there are no niches. It's just everything I'm thinking and feeling and enjoying at the moment. So I love that. I mean, I I think that's why you're one of my favorite follows because it's just so fun to like see what you're up to. Thank you so much. Thank you. We'll make sure we have all your info in the show notes to make it easy for folks to find you. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. If you haven't subscribed, make sure you have Apple, Spotify. Our YouTube channel is getting up and running. We have these beautiful video episodes now. So subscribe to our channel. Drop us a five stars if you haven't already because we're five star girlies and I We'll see you next week. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.